Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Swipe. As always, I'm Amanda, and I am joined by my effervescent co-hosts, Erica and Amy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey there. Um, So before we jump into today's show, we just want to remind everybody that we are in a couple episodes gearing up to go on a summer hiatus, but we will be back for season two. So um, please make sure that if you are not subscribed to our podcast, that you hit that subscribe button so that when we do come back for season two, um, as we are getting into, you know, air quotes, post COVID dating and talk about those experiences that you will um, make sure not to miss an episode. So we still have a couple of new episodes before we go on that summer break, um, but hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, So today we're pretty excited because we have a question and answer episode from listeners. Yay! Um, So let's just jump in with one of our first questions. Um, This is from, this is Gareth here. Um, My question is this. Much is made of the way dating has evolved over the years, including how people are curated by dating sites with a lot. I can't say that word with algorithms pairing you up with people who match certain criteria you like in a world where you can have a barista make a ridiculous coffee exactly the way you want it. A tall, non-fat caramel latte. Do you think the Internet and dating apps have made people too picky about who they choose to go on dates with? Do more options necessarily improve the available dating pool? And then he has a second question, but I'll read that one after we discuss this one. Nice question, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome question. I will go venture and first say, maybe at first, maybe when you're you're getting on, you're like, I'm looking for this type of individual. I'm not going to... I'm going to like narrow it down to this particular field that the algorithm has supplied to me from the information I've given to the algorithm. And then you blow through like those first 20 people and you're like, oh, hmm. <laughs> I think maybe initially, yes. But then I feel like reality has, you know, again, depending on your demographic and your location and what you're looking for. Um, but I do feel like after a while you tend to expand outside of that. Um, because you're not getting the feedback you want, but I might just be speaking from experience. I I, I agree because I I was actually just thinking this the other night. I uh, was poking around on Tinder and OkCupid, and so all of the dates I've had recently have been through Tinder, which is definitely more like, um, you know, the guys that I met with basically I. I met them because they took the time to email me and it wasn't like I didn't have any information about them beyond just a couple of lines of text and their Tinder profile versus OkCupid where you can put a height restriction, you can put a, are they married, are they not married? And for me, the Tinder experience has kind of made me be less picky. I mean, I'm still not matching up with what I'm looking for, but it has made me less, um, it's given me a new perspective on, okay, am I going to swipe left or right on this guy? Because I don't really have a lot of information. I'm literally just looking at a photo. Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of like both options 
are problematic, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, Cupid, and it is really easy to get too picky and be like, oh, there was a typo in their profile. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, they wrote a whole bunch of stuff. There probably was a typo somewhere. In th- but it's like, you know, some people zone in on that and like, oh, I could never date somebody who has a typo, you know? And I mean, you know, or, oh, they said they like that show. Oh, you know. Um, and so it's so easy when you have all of those things that, A, you can search for. And so you weed out a lot of people that maybe would be great because they don't watch The Office or whatever. But then also when you're looking at the profile, there's so much that you can nitpick. And so I do think that that makes us too picky. But then Tinder, I think people are just as picky, but they're just picky about something different. They're picky about looks. Right. Tinder is more, it's more looks based, which is just a superficial, but in a different way versus OkCupid, where at least with OkCupid, you can kind of weed out, like, for me, I know I couldn't date someone who was really, really conservative. Like, I don't want to meet this person and get to know them. And then, I'll, you know, you meet them and it's like, yeah, I voted for Trump. And it's like, OK, I have lost, this, you know, I've lost all respect for you now. And I just wasted my time. So it, it's kind of a double edged sword because there are good things about it. But, yeah, I think I think we all kind of fall into that trap of, oh, he he's not quite tall enough or, oh, he has a photo in front of a mirror. <laughs> you know, it's we can totally yeah. get super picky about stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why I like to meet people earlier rather than later, because when you meet somebody in person, I think it's a little easier to see them as a whole person instead of just a checklist yeah on the page. And I mean, I know I definitely have been um, with guys and interested in guys who didn't line up with me politically that if I had met them through OkCupid, it would have been a hard no. And I mean, none of those relationships worked out. So maybe that it could have just been a hard no. But I mean, I'm definitely glad for the experiences I had. So I mean, I do think there's a lot. And again, I mean, I'm with you, Amy, like I you have certain worldviews and you want your partner to match up with that. But I think it's so easy to get, create a box and not realize that there are actually like things are not black and white. There's a lot of gray. Mm-hmm. Kind of a follow up to his question, I guess, from what, what uh, you both have said. And I kind of remember as well. Have you ever thought about going through like some of the ones that, maybe weren't a super hard no, but a, a soft no, just to be like, well, let me revisit this. I have done yeah. that before. I On OkCupid, there's a thing where you can go back and it's like reset all matches. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that you swiped on, it'll, it'll like zero it out and start over. So anybody who has liked you, they're going to come back, you know, they're going to circle through again. I don't know if there's a specific way where you can be like, okay, definitely no on this guy. I I wish there was a place where they could you could do like maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't know right now. I need a little more time to think about this. And unfortunately, I can't come back to this. I either have to I have to decide right now. And I'm tired. I'm busy. I have a thousand things on my plate. And chances are I'm gonna swipe 
in a hurry because I have a certain amount of time to dedicate to it. So who knows? I could have passed on Mr. Right without even realizing it because those are my options. Yes or no. Well, yeah. And I mean, okay, Cuba didn't used to be like that. Cause like you could favorite people, you could do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so I would have, it used to be, I would have my list of people like, okay, I really like these guys. I'm going to message them first, mm-hmm. but I also have these people that I know I liked and I can reach out to them later if I want, or if they reach out to me, obviously I'm going to give them a chance cause they're kind of my maybes. Um, but now because okay, Cupid is chasing that Tinder swipe, you know, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Bumble cycles the people through again. So even if you swipe left on somebody, um, there's a good chance you're going to see them again. Because they just reset the, they call it resetting the stack or whatever. Well, yeah. That one, I i haven't turned that one. Well, I have to create a new profile on that one. But maybe maybe over our break, I'll play with that one and see where it, where it leads me. If I can yeah. find yeah, my- I mean, I, I like Bumble. I mean, I both door number one and, and door number two came from from Bumble. And then that other guy that I talked to briefly. Um, so, like, I, I really haven't met anybody from Bumble who who was, like, a jerk. I mean, I met some people I didn't want to talk to, but there wasn't – I don't I, – I feel like on Tinder it's more of a crapshoot. Like, there are quality people on there, and then there's – but there's a lot more – People mm-hmm. who are just looking for hookups, whereas on Bumble, I feel like, oh, and, and Mike, I met on Bumble. Um, yeah, so I've met, like, a lot of really cool people from Bumble. Um. Okay, twist it my rubber arm. That's going to be my homework for, for, our, <laughs> for, for our summer break. All right, so um, he has a second question, so I'll go ahead and ask that. He says, a second question, if you like, and we do. More than 50% of marriages end in divorce, and the dating pool is often made up of people who've already had one swing at the, quote, happily ever after thing. Do you believe that humans are designed to be partnered for life? Is there too much pressure to find a, quote, soulmate or someone to spend the rest of your life with? There you go. Both are kind of multi-part questions. Good luck. He is in fuego with these questions. These yeah. are really, really awesome. They're really awesome. I will. Um, not everybody at once. <laughs> Go ahead, Erica. Oh, no, no. I was just kind of teasing the both of you. Or you um, have- well, I- I'll go then. Um, so I. I don't. So do you believe humans are designed to be partnered for life? I think that some humans (laughs) are wired that way. And I think some humans are not wired that way and that both are valid and fine. I think that we do put too much pressure on people to find like the one or two. I think we put too much pressure on monogamy, even though I am I I need monogamy. Um, I think it's totally natural to not need monogamy and. I don't think, at least in our American culture, we're very tolerant of the fact that monogamy isn't the only way for everybody. And so we judge people who are in non-monogamous relationships a lot. And then that causes problems because you have people who believe, well, if you love me, you'd be monogamous. And people who are like, well, monogamy isn't actually like what I want. And then and then we make we turn that into that it's like, right and wrong and it's not it's like you need to be on the same page with your partner 
like you shouldn't be cheating on your partner. Non-monogamy is not about cheating. But I think that we do have too much pressure also for your partner to be your everything. Like, I don't think your partner needs to be your best friend and your lover and your um, everything else. Like, I think it's okay to have friends who, to have a best friend who is not the person you're sleeping with, (laughs) right? And I think we do in our culture kind of have this idea of like, if you find that person, then like you should want to just be glued to the hip with them, do everything with them, think the same, act the same, go everywhere, do everything together. And it's like, well, for some people, yeah, that's great. And it's totally awesome if you find somebody with whom that's the case. But for other people, they need more, like I need more independence than that. Like I want to be with somebody and I like doing stuff with them, but I also need to have my own life. Like, and I think that there is a lot of pressure of um, people who are partnered up together, like doing everything with each other. I'm, I'm always reminded of, I remember, my God, I'm not friends with this person anymore. But um, when she was engaged to her now husband, she basically was like, if you invite me to do something, he, you're inviting him too. Like we do everything together. And I'm like, well, no, like if we're going to go shopping for me to pick out a dress for my date, he's not coming. And she's like, well, if I'm invited, he's invited. And it's like, mm, no, like that's unhealthy <laughs> Like to me. And uh, to me, like, and also like, okay. And whatever you want to be that way. But like, then you're not going to be hanging out with me because I don't actually want to hang out with your, I don't like your fiance that much. I, he's not my friend. Like, I'll hang out with him sometimes, but I don't want him going shopping with me. Like, and I do think that, I mean, that's an extreme case. And she was very young. Like, she was 23 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And so, I'm hopefully, I don't think that their relationship is still like that anymore. They did end up having a joint bachelor or bachelorette party because oh, they could oh. not be apart. Oh, my. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, you, I mean, I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit without derailing this, but I mean, do you think that he was 100% on board with this or he's like, well, it's what she wants? I mean, do you feel like it was, or maybe it was something he was pressing for? I mean, I'm just, I think they were, you know, consumed with each other. I think they were just, I think they were just like consumed with each other and didn't want to. Be a part. And I mean, the bachelor bachelorette party was not supposed to be joint as the person who planned the bachelorette party. <laughs> I can speak to that. <laughs> it was not supposed to be joint, but somewhere along the night, they um, like texted each other and then decided to do a joint party. And then it was actually like really awful and horrible because his friends were <laughs> just not, not good people. Not and like I said, I am no longer friends with this person. <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame but um yeah uh it's so i but i do think i think that like in movies and television and and even just the way we often talk about relationships i think that that is that is often sort of what the ideal is supposed to be like oh well of course you're there you're everything and it's like that's too much pressure to be someone's everything like you need to have some hobbies that don't include me. You need to have a friend who's not me, you know? Um, so I, I but I, that's kind of getting a little bit off topic of the whole soulmate because I think soulmate is different. Like I think you can find somebody 
who's your soulmate. And I don't necessarily think we only have one. I just think soulmate means like this person where you do click, you understand each other. And then, so like, obviously my soulmate is someone who also believes in having a together life and our own independence. Right. So, but I do think that, yeah, I mean, I think there's this idea that things are supposed to be kind of perfect and that's not really attainable for most people. I don't know. I'm, I'm babbling. No, I think <laughs> lots to add to that. I, I, I was just gonna say what, you know, the, the idea of monogamy. When when someone says monogamy, it's always kind of like, oh, marriage is the end game. That's what everybody, that's what everybody is, you know, trying to shoot for. And it's because of the way our society is set up. The, the world is a lot harder for peop- for a single person. I mean, even from making making recipes, which are designed to feed a whole family, to buying a dozen eggs when only when you only need six, and you have to pay three times as much for a pack mm-hmm. of six eggs versus twelve. Right. You, you know, mm-hmm. stupid shit like that. And and I will also say I'm a cynic and don't believe in soulmates, so. I just want my my ideal would be someone that I can hang with that gets me that you can spend time with and I'm I'm with you I I need the together and the apart and it doesn't necessarily have to end with a ring on a finger as long mm-hmm. as there's you know it for me it's more about communication mm-hmm. just, you know I'm okay with most things just keep me on board with what you're thinking and we'll be fine so I totally agree that there is too much more communication, less rules, less less protocol. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, I kind of I agree with the both of you. Um, I feel that the no, the non-monogamous need you know. I, I feel like we're slowly getting there. Like, you talk to us another 50 years, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so's got, like, two partners and blah, 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 you know, without being, like, somebody's getting, like, <laughs> butthurt. <Right. laughs> I was going to, like, swing it up. I'm like, no, just butthurt, you know, yeah. um, or feeling left out or something. I don't know if we're quite wired. I, some of us are, some of us aren't. We just have to figure out who is and who isn't. And, like, it's getting there. I feel like monogamy is, it's like a, it's, it's a bad term, it's a negative term, but it's like a life sentence, like, I feel like the, the marriage thing is, we are now looking at people who are married for like 50 years, 60 years, or something Mm -hmm. like that, if it works out, fantastic, like, all more power to you guys, but, you know, to a lot of us, we're like, god damn, that's a long time, Mm um, there's been, ideas out there like you know like make you want to do the marriage thing if you want like a legal and religious contract but you're not entirely sure till death do us part or whatever make it a short-term contract i mean shit like you only have a house for like 30 years you know like if you you don't like pay ahead like maybe try 10 be like or do a five-year like be like all right let's be legally married and do all this stuff for like five years. And if we don't come out the other side, no harm, no foul, you know, like quick divorce, all this other stuff. I I think that people like they get swept up in the honeymoon 
glow and also like all the all the fairy tale stuff and all the, the the media stuff and everything that we've got and then 10 years in they're like jesus i gotta look at you again until i die like you know otherwise if i don't if i come out of my credit score is tanked and everybody looks at me like i'm a jerk because i didn't make it last or we didn't make it last why make it a lifetime thing like make it a renewable contract you know but yeah <laughs> and, and again i think like it's just different things for different people it's like i I would like the, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would like to get married, but that's, and we've talked about before, I think when um, the other, when Scott and Carl were on that for the three of us, marriage is not the pinnacle of what we consider a successful, a successful relationship to be. Um, But it's like, I would like somebody who I, who I was, well, we know like we're in this, like really until death do us part. Like, I mean, I do want that ultimately to find that person where it's like, we're in this together through thick and thin. Um, and I also recognize that there are people who don't want that. And I think that that's just as valid, but yeah, I think we just need to expand our, our minds of what's possible. And then also how do we learn to communicate this with people? Because I feel like dating is already so hard, right? So it's like, if we go back to that first part of the question about picky. Well, it's like, if somebody on their profile is like, Hey, I'm looking for somebody for like a, hopefully we get along really well and maybe we could do a 10 year renewable contract option. It's like, well, that's really not what I'm looking for. Like I'm looking for somebody who after a year is going to be like, yeah. And I mean, it might not work out, but I, I know that like, I need the, the, like, I'm in this with you. Like I need that reassurance. And so then like, we just have to get better at having these conversations. And it's like, I just feel like, I don't know if it's just me or just, <laughs> but I mean, I find having those like already communication, like in the beginnings of a relationship is so difficult. Even I, I'm better at it now being older, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to discuss and a lot to figure out and what should be a deal breaker and what shouldn't, you know? So the one, the only thing I would say about having a, like a marriage contract like that. And I'm I'm saying this because I know my so my sister has a real estate license because she works she works with commercial real estate. So when she and my brother in law got married, they did have a prenup. But it was because with my sister having a business license, if she would have gotten sued or something like that, it, it was to protect them personally if there was like a some yeah. kind of an infraction with work. So I will say, like, as much as I hope that he's not my brother-in-law someday, but yeah, anyway, off on a tangent there. The only thing about stuff like that is that legally it may be harder to get out of than you think. I, since none of us have ever gone through a divorce, I couldn't really say what it's like, but I know having dated someone who was going through a divorce, it's very time consuming to actually go through all the legalese of getting a divorce. So I'm sure it would be amicable, but I don't know how quick it would be. (laughs) Well, I don't think, I think Erica's suggesting like a different type of marriage contract. yeah, Yeah. Like, We'll be in this, but not maybe not, you know, sign over all the paperwork kind of stuff. Well, 
it, it may be it. I don't know how the logistics of it would work, but just like the option to renew, like maybe you just both walk away with what you have. Maybe there's some something where you just leave with what you have and I'm sure it'll get all like jumped up and people are like, well, you know, but since I was in here and you got this, and I yeah. want half of that and yada, yada. I don't know how it would work in real life. I don't either. I, I like the idea though. I, I, I really do like that idea. <laughs> All right, so I've got another question for us. Okay. All right, this is from a listener, name withheld, um, but they have written in before. Um, hi, I have a question for you all. On the episode Conversations with Mike, yeah, I'm still catching up. <laughs> that, that was a while ago that we did that one, Conversations with Mike. That was just you, me, Amy, a- you, Amy, you and me and Mike. Erica was not on that episode. All right, so I'm going to start over. Hi, um, I have a question for you all. On the episode Conversations with Mike, you talk about feeling responsible for other people having a good time. I share Mike's attitude of not worrying about that very much. Could it be a gender thing? Do you think women are socialized more to be people pleasers than men? Or do you think it is just a certain type of person? Love you, ladies, a listener. So I think this is directed at me because that was the episode where I talked a lot about how I feel responsible for other people having a good time. Um, and I don't think that it's a gender thing. Because um, I usually don't think things are gendered. Um, <laughs> but I do think that it's um, probably, so. I mean, it might be socialized more in women to be people pleasers. I mean, I think that that's true. But I think the type of pleasing that I, I don't consider me wanting my, I don't see me being responsible for everybody having a good time is the same as being a people pleaser. So, um, a people pleaser, I think that's somebody who just like goes compromises like themselves and what they want to please other people so that there's no conflict. And I do think that women are, are more socialized to, to do that than men. Um, men are socialized more to assert themselves. Um, but I think like what I was talking about, is just sort of, I know that I can have a good time doing a lot of different things. And if I'm spending time with someone and I'm creating an experience for us, whether it be I'm picking a restaurant we're going to or the movie we're doing, I'm doing those things hoping that whoever I am hosting, whether they be a friend or a you know potential mate, like I'm doing that hoping that they're having going to have a good time. And I put too much emphasis on that. Um, to the detriment sometimes of me having a good time, but it's not because I'm trying to please them. So it's like, for instance, I might pick, you know, like, oh, I'm just looking at my movie cabinet and be like, oh, we're going to watch, um, you know, Smoke Signals tonight. I hope they really like it. But then I end up not enjoying the movie because I'm just trying to see if they are enjoying Smoke Signals because, like, I feel like it's my responsibility that they're having a good time. Um, so I don't know. I don't see it as quite the same. But um, I don't know if, Amy, you remember that conversation that Mike and I had at all? Not really. <laughs> I, I was talking about this. Like, that used to be a real a thing for me, too. And it's less, I, I think as I've gotten older, it's, for me, it's caring up too much about what other people think. And on dates, I've kind of gotten into the whole... Uh, as I've gotten older, it's less about them and more about me. And I'm here to make myself happy right now. 
Mm-hmm. I, I am definitely more inward focused on on me now. Now, I will say if I was on a date with someone and it's like the first time they're coming over to my house or something like that. And, you know, I'm trying to give a good impression and that kind of thing. Then I would probably be a little bit more okay what are they thinking right now are they comfortable you know do I need to offer them it's more like uh, in that case I'm going to be very concerned about how I'm coming across you know are 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 they going to be you know do they need something are they are they having a good time are they not saying anything I, I do tend to overthink that a little bit but well, yeah, and that's what this was kind of talking about. It's like it's like when you're doing when you're the host, when you're doing the planning, yeah. and whether it's someone you're dating or not, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like that is more of the host like mindset mm-hmm. rather than the date like mindset. Because if you're doing something where you're kind of in charge of how the event is going, that's that could be anything from like having like the wacky you know, having the boss over for dinner to having friends over to having the in-laws over to whatever. It's like a host thing, whereas a date, significant other thing is, it's a different thing because if you were having the same type of event, like a dinner or something, but it was at a restaurant, you're not, that pressure is in there. Even if you invited them and said, oh my God, this restaurant's the best, and the restaurant ends up like just being terrible, it's still... I mean, you're kind of like, whoops, like, oops, you know, but it's not anything that reflects on you and this inherent thing that we have. And it, it, that is also not a gendered thing. I feel like anybody who, like, puts themselves on the line for either having somebody at their house or at a place where they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm totally going to vouch for this. That's just, I think it's just like a social, different social mindset. So, yeah, because yeah, uh, you said those are two separate things. For me, they're not two separate things. Whether I'm hosting, yeah, and that's what that's what the whole conversation was with Mike, um, is that yeah, if I if if the three of us went to a restaurant tomorrow on my suggestion, I would be and you and you guys said so and Erica, you were like, oh, this like fettuccine is a little rubbery. I would then be like, oh, I picked a shit restaurant. Like, and so it was internalizing this. So that's what that conversation was about. So again, I don't think it's about people pleasing. It's just about like taking on more responsibility for things than you need to. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, and Mike and I, I think talked about that maybe it was a middle child thing <laughs> um, because his friend who, the, how this came up in the episode was he was talking about a friend who, who did this. And I think his friend was a dude. Um, but he's a middle child and I'm a middle child and sort of that like responsibility that everybody's as like natural mediators, you know, that responsibility that everybody is having a good time all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, a listener, I don't know if that answered your question or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely socialize women and men differently. And I think women are socialized to be people pleasers, but I don't think that what we were talking about in the episode is about pleasing. Right. And I, I think when it comes to dating, like I think that's one of the leeways that we have as women. Um, if we, at least more modern women, like, and not like, Oh, I'm more modern than you, but I just like the, the availability we have like in the past, like 20 or 30 years to be like, you know what? 
no, I'm not going to put up with you. Like, if, you know, like we're not going to sit through some of the same stuff that like maybe our grandmothers had to sit through on a date, you know, so maybe at one point, but maybe not as much anymore. We do have the light belt to be like, oh, well, if you don't like this date, then bye, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I'll just throw that in there. All right. Well, I think we're going to pause. And we're going to finish up our Q&A session next next week. We've got a lot more questions to answer, and we're running long on time tonight. So uh, in the meantime, you can write into us at letswipepod at gmail.com. That's letswipe without the apostrophe, pod at gmail.com. Or give us a follow on Instagram at letswipepodcast. Um, and otherwise, we'll see you next week for the conclusion of our Q&A session episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. See you later. Bye.